the beautiful thing about real estate is there's really no floor and certainly no ceiling. So if you want to do one transaction, great. If you want to do one million transactions, also great. Um, business is unlimited. And so my greatest piece of advice is why? Um, is it because it's quick money? And if that is the reason, and that's okay, be honest with yourself. If you think it's because it's quick money, then I would recommend not getting into real estate. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've had a few transactions. I had one listing. It took two years to sell because of a variety of factors. And mm-hmm. it's over 125000 I had a $20,000 property that took seven months because of probate. I mean, those are a little bit more rare, but I mean, if I, if I, I wanted easy money. Real estate definitely wouldn't be it because there's so much that goes on to it. Welcome to Legacy Builder, the podcast where millennial moms and women like you come to learn how to monetize your gifts and create generational wealth. I'm your host, Lori Richardson. I'm a serial entrepreneur, a wife, and a mother. So are you ready to make the changes to create the life that you want to live? All right, then let's go. Before we get into today's episode, I want to share with you one of my favorite platforms that I've been using to build my legacy. It's called GroundFloor. Now with GroundFloor, you can invest in high yield, short-term real estate loans and start building your wealth today. You can start with as little as $10 and be a part of the real estate market without the hassle of buying and managing property. And the best part about it, you can pass on your investments to your loved ones and help them build their future. Go ahead and give GroundFloor a try today and be sure to use our affiliate link in the description to get a $10 signup bonus that you can use towards your first investment. Plus, by using our link, you'll be supporting our podcast while also getting access to a fantastic real estate platform. As always, with any investment, please make sure to contact a financial advisor before investing and to carefully consider the risks involved. Now, let's get into the episode. Today in the guest chair, we have Ms. Danielle Andrews. Danielle is a realtor consultant specializing in residential real estate in greater Tallahassee and surrounding areas. She has earned multiple degrees, which include a Bachelor of Arts degree in political science from the University of Central Florida, a Master of Science degree in education policy and evaluation from Florida State University, and an education specialist degree in educational leadership from Arkansas State University. So as you can tell Danielle is an educator by nature and she has been teaching for four years in Gaston and Orange counties. She began her career in real estate in the city beautiful Orlando, Florida. In this fast-paced market, she was able to gain all the necessary experience to negotiate the best deals. She has established a solid network of customers, realtors, brokers, and investors all throughout the country and she is committed to putting your needs first. In her spare time, as I'm saying that with air quotes, Danielle enjoys exercising, reading, watching television and game shows, singing, dancing, giving back to her community and spending time with her husband and family. I thoroughly enjoyed this talk that I had with Danielle, so I'm super excited for you all to listen, so stay tuned. 
So welcome back to another episode of the Legacy Builder podcast. Again, my name is Lori Richardson, and we want to welcome you. If this is your first time, welcome, welcome. If not, thank you so much for coming back to another episode. And today's guest, again, is another beautiful Black sister who is in the realty space, and she is kicking butt and taking names in Florida. So I'm super excited to talk more about um, what she has going on and, of course, the legacy that she is building there with her family. So um, if you could introduce yourself, Miss Danielle Andrews, welcome to the show and go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to be a part. Um, again, my name is Danielle Andrews and I am in Tallahassee, Florida, Florida's capital. And so we're located in Northwest Florida. Um, I am a wife of soon to be three years this coming May is a three-year anniversary. So we were a COVID wedding. On top of that, we had a COVID baby. Our son, Omri, is going to be two also in May. So very quick and quick Congratulations. Thank you. Um, So lots of changes during the pandemic. Um, I've been in real estate now for seven years. And so I am the broker and owner of Realty One Group Next Generation, which is also based here in Tallahassee, Florida. And so it allows me the privilege to not only be able to work in production and in sales within real estate, but also be able to work alongside the agents that we have within our office and helping them grow and develop and build the real estate business and life for themselves and their families that um, they want to see. So they are also building their own legacies or legacies, if <laughs> depending on what applies to them. And so I'm so grateful for that opportunity to help lead that charge here. And as we say, paint Tallahassee black and gold. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much for that introduction. So let's kind of get just right into it. And I wanted to ask you first off, why real estate? You know, I actually kind of just stumbled into real estate. I, my parents owned their home um, all my life, actually, pretty much growing up when I lived in Pennsylvania, they owned their home. And then only for a short period of time, when we moved to Florida, did they not um, own a home for probably about five years or so. So I didn't, I don't even really recall so much, you know, a real estate agent or what the real estate process was like for them. Right. So I can't even say I've been wanting to be a real estate agent ever since I was a kid. No, it actually happened in college. Um, So I went to the University of Central Florida in Orlando, go Knights. And I worked for a student housing complex there was solely just trying to get the free rent. That that was pretty much the main goal. But I was really good at um, the leasing position that I had. And one of the prospective tenants, their parent was a real estate broker. And he mentioned to me, you know, have you considered real estate? And I pretty much brushed it off, not knowing that Orlando at that time coming off the 08 market crash and, you know, housing prices were pretty low and things like that. Didn't know I was sitting on a real estate gold mine. But I said no. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, sometime after my dad kind of mentioned it, you know, I started really picking up at that point after graduation and getting into my master's like design and HGTV and, you know, getting a little bit older. And so interest starting to shift, still brushed it off. It wasn't until um, 2015 that I signed up to take the class online also blew that off, still wasn't serious. Um, In 2016, I finally said, you know what? 
if so-and-so can do it, I can do it. Let me just go ahead and start getting serious. This will be some extra money for the summer, you know, something fun. I enjoy, love looking inside homes, love helping people. I think I want to buy a house one day. So like, I mean, it, it can't hurt. It's something else to do. You know, I love at that point, I loved getting certifications and degrees and different things. I'm like, oh, whatever. And honestly, that was my journey into real estate. And who knew I would find my passion pretty much just continuing to brush things off. Wow. I love how you talked about that whole journey. It's so funny because um, I find it that a lot of people who get into real estate, it's not something, again, like you stated, it's not something that they're like, oh, yes, I want to do this. I want to get into real estate. I want to become a realtor and sell houses. It's kind of like a, a, a long journey because that first time you go and you actually start studying, it's kind of boring. Um, (laughs) and then then you're like, oh, you know what? This is the quick money. I really need some money right now. Like when you start, you know, studying and and then you go in to take the test and you're like, okay, this is really hard. Like, let me, let me, uh, you know, push, push that off a little bit until I'm really ready. And so I find your journey to be very interesting. Like you said, you brushed it off. Then you're like, okay, let's try again. Okay. Well, maybe not now. So that's pretty cool how it all unfolded to where you are now. So crazy. So uh, it was 2016. Is that is that when you actually went and took the test and you know uh, passed the test the first time? I'm not trying to get into your yes. business because I know that yes. test. I've taken that test plenty of times and it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that was how, how was that journey? It was September um, 2016, and mm-hmm. yes, I did pass on the first try. Thank the Lord. Woo, um, goodness, and yes. that is an interesting feat. So fun little fact, only about 40% of the people in Florida who um, sit for the exam actually pass on the first try. And every month, there's nearly about 5,000 um, candidates um, who sit for the Florida exam. So they may be local to Florida or mm-hmm. you know outside of Florida, but they're sitting for the Florida exam. Awesome. Congratulations. That's amazing. That is amazing. So you took your test and then like, what happened? You know, not much actually. So it was <laughs> September of 2016. I joined a brokerage in October of 2016. So at that time I had, I was still teaching. So that teaching essentially, even though I am 29, right? Real estate okay. is technically a second career, but you know, Kind of. Um, So I started real estate while I was a teacher. I just started at a new school that fall 2016. Um, And it was a and I was back in Orlando um, after leaving Tallahassee, where I'd gotten my master's. And um, it was a pretty tough and interesting transition. My mom had actually just recently experienced some pretty significant um, health challenges that she was coming and transitioning out of. And so I was taking a little bit more hands-on approach with um, my family affairs while working on real estate. And and I guess if I really dig back through the layers, it's funny how sometimes some of these little things kind of suppress until you're really thinking about it. That mm-hmm. is actually probably what catapulted me. Like, let me actually buckle down and get serious because there anything could happen at any point. Um, mm-hmm. And so in October of 2016, I joined a brokerage and I solely pretty much chose it because it wasn't going to conflict with teaching. I didn't have to pay a monthly fee um, that I didn't have. You know, teachers aren't rich. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I could take the training classes online which works because, again, a teacher's schedule is just, it's not the same as someone who may work a corporate position and have their own cubicle or office or whatnot. So um, 
I chose the bridge and for the rest of 2016, nothing happened. Um, I wasn't focused on trying um, to sell or lease um, <clears throat> at that point. In 2017, that's when I'm like, all right, it's summer. Like, I'm trying to take trips. We're trying to do this, that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me actually start putting a little effort into it. Um, and <laughs> I wish I could say it was instant. I think. It seems like that. It seems Mm -hmm. many agents do a a great job of showcasing the success, which is great. And it appears that it's overnight and that you're going to join a brokerage. They're going to give you leads. You're going to go out and you're just going to start making tens of thousands of dollars. And that wasn't the case. I had several leases that I worked with a little bit here and there. And that Mm -hmm. was helpful. But it was almost an entire year before I had my first closing. Wow. Wow. Okay, so uh, the part that stood out to me again was when you talked about how you know your mother was you know going through some things and that catapulted you. It's mm-hmm. I think it's it's not funny, but again, it's mm-hmm. like us being human nature. How something happens drastically before we're like, oh, you know what? Okay, I need to buckle down. Like I need to get serious. Yep. So I think that's uh, pretty funny. How that not pretty funny, but that's interesting how that happened and, mm-hmm. and how you were like, okay, you know what? Let's actually do this. So. So you were working as a teacher and then, of course, you got into that. So what was the point or the turning point where you were like, okay, let me actually do this full time or, you know, I think I'm going to push teaching off for a little bit and focus solely on this. What was that that turning point like? Interesting fact, I was technically a dual career agent for a very long time, even after I left Mm -hmm. the classroom. So in 2018, um, in summer of 2018, that was my last school year. So it was four years that I was a teacher and I went to work Mm -hmm. um, for a position at the state of Florida. And I was in the education and training department there for my first year. And I was essentially teaching adult learners. We would do enterprise trainings throughout the department um, on soft skills. So emotional intelligence, communication, things like that. And I truly enjoyed that. The learning and instructional design piece um, that gave a different approach to the education background that I had. Right. So Mm -hmm. I continued to um, work real estate. At that point, I transitioned again to the Tallahassee market. I was having a few sales. I was doing even more than I was doing in Orlando. It was a little bit different with the eight to five and the state, you know, in the, at least in the state of Florida allows you the opportunity to flex some of your hours. So I think I moved to seven to four, which gave me some more time for real estate. You have one hour lunch break. So I was able to work a lot more on real estate than when I was a teacher. Mm-hmm. So then the opportunity came for me to um, have a promotion within that agency and actually do more community outreach. Um, so I technically became an appointee um, of the agency head. And um, let's see, that was June of 2019. So fast forward to March 2020. Guess what happens at that point? We start mm-hmm. working from home, the pandemic and things of that sort. It technically was not until summer of 2022 that I was officially no longer an employee of the state. And there were a variety Mm -hmm. of factors. I kind of moved to part-time, I guess, basically um, for about a good nine months to a year and some of that and things like that. So there, there was a, a 
point where there they were there was friction between the two for sure um mm-hmm. because i was growing very rapidly scaling and taking on other entrepreneurship journeys and things like that so it was tough but it was only because of the flexibility um that the, that position allowed and different things like that that um in the nature of that work that i was even able to do it wouldn't recommend it um mm-hmm. should have definitely probably just um instead of going the promotion route, should have just went full-time into real estate, but I enjoy the experience that I gained professionally in the corporate world, the context that I made. I think that adds to um, how well I was able to do in real estate. I was able to expand my network throughout the state. That was a statewide position. So, you know, everything definitely happens for a reason, but I wish I could say like, I left the classroom and then just became this amazingly successful agent, but it really, the through the comfort of having that full-time job for a bit did help me be able to take some more risk um, in my real estate business, help me scale because I did have that other income helping subsidize. Yes. Wow. That was a question I was going to ask you next was how did you balance having a dual career, like family life, obviously, you know, in between that time you met your spouse or you all were, you know, in, in there too. Like, how did you, like we need to know how 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 did that happen? <laughs> what, what were the dates? Like, what's going it was on? it was craziness. So like sometimes, for example, I would be on a Microsoft Teams meeting at a local coffee shop that was about five or ten minutes away from the house we were going to view, and you know that meeting ends at four four thirties. The showing, for example, so that that was one piece. But the wonderful thing I love about my husband is he has gotten so into real estate. You know, he um, he and his family, they pretty much lived in the same home for a majority of his life. I think he said they moved around the time he was five from one home to another home in the same town. And so, you know, he pretty much grew up in the background that when you buy this home, this is, you know, what you keep. And so there really wasn't so much of a need for um, real estate, right? And to be interested in it because once somebody buys a home, they're there for 30 plus years and beyond and that's their family home. And as, you know, I started working with more customers and he would see kind of the fluidity of it and, you know, people could buy this year and sell a year or two later, six months later. And he just started getting really into real estate. So sometimes he'd come along with the showings, which helped add an extra safety level for me. But Mm -hmm. we're chit-chatting, we're having um, our moments in time as we're driving for showings. Um, He's telling me different memories. Um, He grew up um, just outside of Tallahassee, you know, coming to Tallahassee for different um, activities and things. So it helped create a real estate actually helped create a further bond in our relationship, being able to share a lot of that together. When we had Omri, um, you know, he doesn't always so much get to come on many showings and he laughs. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, I used to know all your customers' names and this, that, and the third. And now I'm just like, who's she talking about now? Who's this one? I don't think I heard <laughs> that voice before. So it, it's hilarious. Oh, wow. That is hilarious. So you were able to, you were very special as far as <laughs> being able to balance a dual career, you know, again, a relationship that you were building and of course now into motherhood. So how has um, motherhood, of course you did mention it changed a little bit, but how has motherhood changed in, uh, I guess, the aspect of you really now, again, honing on your skill set of, of real estate and focusing on that. How's mother- motherhood played a part in that? So, you know, being a mom has honestly made me a better 
person and a better agent, um, as well as a better wife. So it it it's only maybe been the last six months or so, maybe since about the fall, October-ish, that I feel like I have developed a comfortable work-life balance and really settled into a schedule that seems to, to fit. Um, what I kind of was experiencing a little bit of was um, the demand of real estate, right? Between the COVID pandemic, as we would call it in real estate and everyone having a real estate need and question from refinance to purchase or whatever the case may be, but also growing as an entrepreneur and taking on other ventures and exploring other things, right? Mm -hmm. So between trying to balance all of the desires I had for myself, but also not missing out on family moments, being able to, I'm the primary cook in the house and things like that, finally kind of figuring out how do I leverage, um, which includes me not needing to clean or do everything. Now the house is clean, but that doesn't mean it has to be me. So how do I figure out not just leverage in my business, but also leverage in my personal life? What do I need to communicate with to my husband at the areas that this is really where I'm struggling and needing help? And how do I prioritize the schedule that my son is on match with the schedule that I would have for my business. And around about October or so of last year, it all finally kind of came together. I'm pretty much at a place where I am consistently home no later than six at the latest. Most days it's even by five. Um, and then I'll start cooking on those days. And then the days that there's leftovers, I have a little flexibility between 5.30 to six. And I'm pretty much for the most part consistently able to hit that, I'd say 90, 95% of the time in the last six weeks. Nice. Nice. I was going to ask too that um, when you were talking about, you know, you've kind of been able to hone everything in. Do you have systems in place? Like what does that look like if you do have systems in place to help you? Yeah. So one of my greatest systems and kind of secret weapon um, is my operations manager, who is uh, my assistant, Cinnamon. She helps so much with different things and she's really good at, so I am a very much idea person. And I know she laughs kind of at this all the time because we'll meet on Mondays and I'm like, okay, that's it. That's it. all I think I got for the week. And then by Wednesday, I have an idea and I'm like, what do you think about this? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I know I said that was all, and you know, we're constantly laughing. So she helps a ton, but that's my work secret weapon. I think my um, additional secret weapon in terms of my systems is my husband and his family, um, my, I mean, my family too, but I mean, his, his siblings. So my sister-in-law lives, mm -hmm. one of my sister-in-laws lives here locally. She helps us so, so much. She, you know, volunteers to watch our son often. You know, my husband is on pickup duty for Omri from daycare. I'm on mm -hmm. drop-off. So those systems work. And, you know, we still figure the piece out. Sometimes I joke, I'm like, should we get a shared calendar? He's like, oh, that's not my style, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes there are laps and miscommunications, but we work very well together and, you know, on Sundays talking about what do we have for the week and then also kind of trying to do another midweek check-in around Wednesday, Thursday and seeing what uh, the weekend trajectory looks like or what may have come up um, throughout the week, um, as well as just automate. There's, we have so many templates and automations that we use and all we pretty much have to do is copy and paste and change name. And, you know, we have a lot of different client funnels that have been set up. So 
realistically, um, Cinnamon came on board summer of 2020. So it'll be three years this summer. She started part-time and by the grace of God, we were able to um, transition that into a full-time position. And throughout those last three years, we've built so many different checklists and mm -hmm. um, systems and things. So I am someone, I do not believe in check do it all. Um, on top of having an assistant in a real estate transaction, I utilize a great transaction coordinator who also does some additional duties outside of what my um, admin is doing. So everyone is really working together to help provide a great experience. Love it. Love it. Um, so I was going to ask you as well, in addition to that, what. OK, so let me take a step back because mm -hmm. we're talking about a lot. <laughs> so to get to this point, you began as an agent and then um, how, obviously you're a broker now and you have mm -hmm. your own firm. What, what was that process? Can you, can you talk about that? Yeah. So I kind of have always been a person who liked the studying, getting certifications, degrees, things like that. So mm -hmm. when I um, got into real estate and, you know, in real estate school, of course, they teach you, you know, the other type of licenses, a broker's license. I knew I wanted to obtain that, not at first necessarily to open my own brokerage, but just because I wanted to, there, there was another level of certification, I want to get it. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted that knowledge. It, it does push you um, beyond just the sales associate aspect. It's a little bit more of like sales associate on steroids. Um, I actually did not pass that exam on the first try on the broker's exam. Took me a second try. Mm -hmm. um, so when I got that broker's license in September of 2020, I think I started working on it um, as a pandemic kind of project. I had some mm -hmm. additional time and I was like, this is a good time to just keep things fresh and really start thinking about risk of it. with everything we were going through risk changes, being flexible and adapting and overcoming. I was like, I think this is a good time to add to that knowledge base. And mm -hmm. I started working on that. Um, so I actually held on to my broker's license for about two years because ROG opened in late summer of 2022. So I guess a year and a half, two years officially before um, we technically opened our doors. Um, and it was only because I started feeling that pull and desire again to provide and do more. Um, the brokerage I was at, um, actually most of my time in Tallahassee, I'm grateful for. They provided me um, great knowledge, great connections. Like I think everything so it happens for a reason was great preparation. Um, and I appreciate the time that I was there. But there becomes a time when you start to realize you want to offer something different and working with different agents. I would sometimes hear, oh, my my broker never taught me that. I can't reach my broker. They were like orphans uh, almost in real estate. And so realizing that um, if I want to truly see a change in the industry, then I need to do something about it. And so mm -hmm. I started looking and exploring, okay, I think it's a great time to open up a brokerage God, which way do we go? Do we go franchise route? Do we go kind of local boutique brokerage style? What do we do? Show me. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So what did God show you in that? So Realty One Group is actually a franchise and it's so okay. neat. I still do not know what exactly I put into Google to discover ROG. I wasn't familiar um, with our brand prior to. So um, you may hear me say ROG um, for short, Realty One Group. And so okay. I, I 
some kind of way, God led me to Realty One Group. <laughs> and I started reading more about it. So first of all, the when you go to the site, the the sleekness, the modernization, the black and gold, it just captures you. It, it looked like a real estate site I had not been to before. I, I actually was not even sure it was a real estate brand at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I started reading more and learning more about the brand and company. I was like, oh, wow. And so the super cool thing I love about RG is that we've really taken the time to live by the phrase that we call ourselves an unbrokerage falling right in the middle of this unique model and concept of previous 100% or transaction fee-based brokerages offering little to no training support. You know, you didn't get much because you weren't paying much. And then large name brands and companies, you were typically paying um, a high cap, large commission splits because of that brand and name recognition that you were following into. So for, but you were also usually getting great training. Brands are known for great training, great support, um, several staff members available, things like that, you know, several experienced agents, all of that, right? So for RG to pretty much study those two models and take it, combine it, shake it up and add its own twist to it, that screamed me. It was very much so a disruptor, I thought, and I know um, it's something that the Tallahassee market needed. And I was like, okay, this is this is calling me. And so the more you know, I spoke to leadership and the more we talked about franchise and what support they had to offer as a new brokerage, as a new broker, you know, with this being the only office in Tallahassee, I was like, this is, this is for me. And I know if I set out truly to impact and change lives, that I can do that with this brand. Nice. That's awesome. So again, with their values kind of mixed with your core values and what you were looking for, it all came together full circle. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Awesome. So um, where are you currently now, um, you know, in your, um, I guess you say in your career or in your business, are you, of course, looking to grow? Do you have others under you? What, what, what's, what's on your, your plate? For now. Yes. So yes, we are actively growing. We are currently at 13 additional agents. I'm also in production. So if you count me, that puts us at 14 and we're um, mm-hmm. always looking to grow. We're definitely hiring, whether you're an experienced or new agent. And so if you're wanting to consider learning a little bit more about what we have to offer and how we can impact your real estate business, then we definitely should have that discussion, right? For vision-wise for our office, um, I would say one huge theme is education. So um, at ROG, we have six different C's or like core values. And one of those C's is coaching. And so for me, right, if I am here and offering my services as a coach, someone also has to be pouring into me. I also need to be continuously staying up to date on things and trends, um, which is also another reason why I enjoy production, staying in production, because I see and feel and know what's going on firsthand. I am right here in the struggle with you. Customers under a certain price point, there's practically no inventory. I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm able to see and utilize creative strategies and tell you what's worked on my business. This hasn't worked. Let's try this. So I, you know, appreciate all of that. So I would say outside of growth, one of our greatest trajectories and pieces as a business is 
um, our theme this year is education and coaching. Um, mm-hmm. The more we know. So many of our agents, an agent and I, we were just um, at a course for the last couple of weeks. We're working on our graduate realtor institute, which is a GRI, it's a uh, designation in real estate. Um, some agents who are working on getting a license in the second state. We have one studying for Alabama, one studying for Georgia. So growth in multiple ways, education and coaching, but also growing and expanding um, quality agent wise as well, not just quantity. Mm-hmm. Nice. Love it. Love it. I didn't know that coaching piece, um, you know, can kind of go in with that. And of course, like, again, you have that wonderful teaching background. So like, what are some of the layers? I know, um, again, you have the real estate now you, and you have coaching. What other type of layers are underneath the wheelhouse of Danielle Andrews? Like what other things do you do? (laughs) Yes. So um, we are currently also working on the property management side as well. So that is technically a separate entity. In my opinion, um, for Mm -hmm. brokers, it's always good to keep those two things separate, right? Tenants um, may often be upset and go leave a bad Google review, but Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily want that on your side where you're in production. And some brokerages keep them all, you know, under the same entity. So we have that um, also going on right now. Um, So we have uh, brokerage production side. We're also doing some active coaching um, pieces. And then the other piece that has been super fun and interesting is I've really been developing my own personal brand, which includes this lifestyle. So I've worked a lot over the last several months to think about what my message is to our audience. What do do I have to say? What what am I good at? And Mm -hmm. how can I impact others? Um, Even if you're not in real estate, as a fellow entrepreneur, as a fellow mom, as a fellow wife, what is it that I can share to help others grow in their lifestyle and their walks and and their goals? And so a lot of what I've been working on is um, development, whether it is helping um, other aspiring entrepreneurs where you have some events that we're going to be working on um, to bring that to the forefront, whether it is um, helping share a kind word, becoming a brand ambassador for different things. So like I've really been honing in on how I want to do that. But that piece Mm -hmm. has been added this year. Nice. That's awesome. Again, that's how we found you (laughs) (laughs) through through you, of course, you know, you sharing your life on Instagram. So I think that's pretty awesome. And it's again, um, being multifaceted and being able to hone in on all of the skills that you have. And then, of course, you know, um, all of the things that God has placed on your heart to actually do and to move forward with. I think that's amazing. So awesome. 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 So another question that I have for you as well is um, with real estate and with lifestyle and again, all of the things that you're doing um, and your message, what do what would you suggest someone who is wanting to get started, like someone who wants to get into you know the real estate space um, and wants to actually move forward? How would you suggest them to actually do that? 
Yeah. So once I started realizing that real estate was something I was passionate about, the biggest thing I had to ask myself was why. I think having a big why in real estate and knowing what your purpose is for getting into this industry is so important. And I guess realistically, that's for anything in life. But I say that so much for real estate because you can get in real estate and the options are endless. So when I mentioned property management, there are some people who do that. There are some people who sell timeshares. Um, there are people who um, get their license and become what we call just solely referral agent status. So they're not actively in sales, but refer people and make an income that way. I mean, there it, there's investing, development, commercial, residential, just solely agents who um, do residential leasing. I mean, the options are endless and I've only touched on a few. Um, mm -hmm. There are agents who work in luxury price points. There are agents, you know, who work land and all of these different things. So if you know what your why is, you can hone that in in real estate. The beautiful thing about real estate is there's really no floor and certainly no ceiling. So if you want to do one transaction, great. If you want to do one million transactions, also great. Um, business is unlimited. And so my greatest piece of advice is why? Um, is it because it's quick money? And if that is the reason, and that's okay, be honest with yourself. If you think it's because it's quick money, then I would recommend not getting into real estate. <laughs> Um, I, I, I've had a few transactions. I had one listing. It took two years to sell because of a variety of factors. And mm -hmm. it's over 125,000. I had a $20,000 property that took seven months because of probate. I mean, those are a little bit more rare, but I mean, if I, if I wanted easy money, real estate definitely wouldn't be it because there's so much that goes onto it. I wish mm -hmm. I, um, got paid what I make in real estate, um, just to show a home, right? Or just mm -hmm. to find the home. Um, that's the easiest part. It's all that comes after it and leading to a successful closing and happy customers and building a key relationship. So really hone in on what your big why is for real estate. Um, take opportunities to shadow. And when you hone in on the why and utilize those shadow opportunities, you mm -hmm. may also find that you like real estate, but maybe your gifts are more around administrative clerical support. There mm -hmm. are so many agents who are amazing at what they do, but they're horrible at paperwork um, mm -hmm. and administrative tasks and deadlines and things like that. And they're mm -hmm. dying for an assistant or a great transaction coordinator or um, a licensed assistant who can do the more things. So there are a tremendous number of opportunities, again, in real estate that even still allow you the security of somewhat a salary for the most part. Mm -hmm. So hone in on that and that'll help you figure out your route. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Another question. Also, what is next for you in addition to, again, all of the things that you're doing? So what is next for you? What <laughs> what are your goals for this year? And, and actually, how can, you know, someone who is looking to actually, you know, possibly work with you, how can they do that as well? Yeah. So um, one of my um, greatest goals this year was to actually obtain some more designation certifications. I told you I like I like school. And, and the neat <laughs> thing about real, real estate based type school stuff is I don't have to get into student loan debt. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm actually working on a few different designations. Um, and, and I love those types of trainings because um, 
it's the association's job, right, to stay up to date on legislation, on legal updates, right? They're seeing how people lose their license. They're seeing how what sanctioned, like all of these different things. And so when we're attending these trainings, all of that information is put into the trainings, right? So from my risk management hat as a broker, which is really one of your greatest differences between a sales associate and a broker is the liability. So now always having to think from a hat of risk and, you know, hey, I don't want someone to sue us. Um, And how do we protect ourselves? Um, Taking those trainings has been so critical and eye opening for me. There's always something um, that can be learned, even if it's everything I knew, there's always one key takeaway. So that is definitely um, a professional goal this year is to obtain um, some more designations and certifications in real estate. Um, I have also become more involved in our local real estate association, um, the Tallahassee Mm -hmm. Board of Realtors. And I don't think the importance of being involved in your association is communicated enough, especially to African-American realtors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in re- real estate is a predominantly white industry. Um, only 6% of realtors nationwide, according to the National Association of Realtors, is, um, are identified as Black or African-American. So wow. especially, you know, in an area like Tallahassee, right? Um, mm-hmm. The real estate uh industry here, the association is not that diverse. And so because you already don't have as many um, Black agents, right, you have probably a few hundred out of an association of about 1,500. Um, So the chances of seeing someone that looks like you involved in the association already dwindles. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you take into account, right, the average age of a real estate agent and things like that, although that is shifting and it's coming down. So when Mm -hmm. you take all of that, um, it just isn't something that, especially for minority agents, that is often discussed and talked about. But your local association is where things are happening that are directly impacting you, right? Because Mm -hmm. the agents who serve there, um, they get involved in at the state level. So your Florida Association of Realtors or whatever state you're in. And then those agents Mm -hmm. who continue to serve also then get involved in the National Association of Realtors. And so as a Realtor member, the Realtor in all capital letters with the copyright symbol, Mm -hmm. right? You, Mm -hmm. You choose to become a Realtor and we're abiding by code of ethics. So to have insight and make in a true impact, not um, on the industry, not just to your customers and being able to see change, you certainly need to be involved in your association as well as if you are a um, identified as a minority agent, there is not rep and not rev. So there's an association for Hispanic real estate professionals and association for um, uh, black real estate professionals and Tallahassee um, just rechartered its um Association of Realtors, the national um, NARAB, basically, is, is what's called the okay. chapter of NARAB. And so I'll also be getting more involved with um, that. And, and those things are so important to me um, because they shape what we do. So if I want to have a voice in that, it's important to be involved where those conversations are happening. Love that. I completely love all of that that you're doing. And, and again, seeing that and knowing that change is needed. And being a part of that, um, that change and part of that mission. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. 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 So again, um, I'd say how I say this. So what would you like to see 
changed? If that's okay to ask. Yes. Would you like to see changed? I think I would love to see it. Um, the criteria to become a real estate agent um, become harder, right? It, okay. It's easy access to become an agent and we are entrusted with so much. Um, and these are the largest transactions of people's lives. And, and it mm -hmm. just is fairly easy. Realistically, you can become an agent in about 30 days in most states, but certainly in the state of Florida. If mm -hmm. you, the 63 hour course, if you take it in person, is typically done in about seven days or so. Um, wow. About eight to five, eight to six for one week, and then another Monday, Tuesday or so in the following week, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's seven days. Um, your state application, your background check, all of these different things, it, it potentially, you know, and if you pass the test on the first try, again, potentially in 30 days, you can have your license. So mm -hmm. it, it's great on one hand because in times like the pandemic, when people were um, becoming unemployed and looking for other routes and things like that, that speed did help. But there's there's a lot that goes into it, because even on the broker side, you only have to have been a licensed sales associate for two years, not mm -hmm. have had any closings, not any type of, you know, additional sales criteria or anything like that, that I should say, but just mm -hmm. have had the license for two years. And so I think that those low barrier to entry to things um, cause some of our, our issues where um, we see um, people getting sanctioned or just, you know, things happening that are just like, what went through your mind? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, uh, that would definitely, definitely um, be a change for sure that I, th I think I would love to see someday. Mm -hmm. I have some ideas, but, um, you know, if they're, if the suggestion box is open, I'm happy to, to talk, <laughs> talk with the powers that be about right. some ideas. <laughs> right. But then again, that's important, like you said, as far as being a part of these associations and, you know, getting involved and, and having your voice heard and actually being, like you said, um, as early as well before being in the field, knowing what's going on and being able to to voice that. So that's really Absolutely. important. Absolutely. I would agree. And, you know, I, I love that with the generation that's coming up, I've actually had so many young people say, I'm interested in becoming a realtor. And mm -hmm. that just amazes me because I can't recall any of the career day kind of, or just conversations among middle and high school friends or anyone was saying, you know, I want to be a real estate agent. I don't recall right. anybody saying that. So it's wonderful to me that they're watching, they're seeing this, this access. Mm -hmm. We're seeing more millennial homeowners. We're seeing um, even some of Generation Z, depending on their age group, becoming homeowners. And mm -hmm. I think it is amazing. Even uh, some of those younger age groups are even becoming investors and starting to flip properties or own rental properties and things. And like, I love it. Yes, same here. I'm I'm all for it. I love, like you said, with this new generation, and I think it's all into the goes into where um, I've heard someone say before how the gatekeepers actually just lifted the gates, opened the gates, and we we actually are seeing and and hearing things. And again, with the uh, recent you know regulations that have occurred as well. So I love how um, millennials are getting involved, how Black and Brown people are, are getting more involved and more educated. Um, thanks to again in part to social media. Um, yes. And then of course, you know, those who are in this space are actually like 
you know, not hide again, gatekeeping, they're not hiding it, they're glorifying it and saying, hey, it's not boring. Like, look at this. Like, this is a, a great foundation to be able to, you know, get money so that you can do other things. So yes, definitely. This is a wonderful time um to enter um real estate. You know, I, I think if I had again someone asked me, my you know, additional change would be I would love for real estate school to actually not just teach license law. Um, that mm -hmm. that's we that is super important. And we need to know that. But the other piece, I would love to see it be longer, right? Mm -hmm. And teach actual things that agents should know to run a, su a successful real estate business, and not just place that on a brokerage because mm -hmm. um, all brokerages are are not made equal. The, there's a lot of um, there are many agencies out there where there's limited to no training, little to no support, mentoring, guidance, and so the state knows that, right? The real estate commission mm -hmm. knows that. And, and, and that's just how real estate is, right? It's free enterprise. Um, but we either need to equip agents with those skills in school. We need to teach them how to better identify a brokerage then that may be best for them, their learning style mm -hmm. and, you know, their knowledge and gaps that they come into um, in real estate. Like we've got to do more of that front end because, there are so many people who leave the profession that could have been amazing agents because they didn't get the right support. They didn't hang their mm -hmm. license at the right place on the front end. Um, and they solely passed the test and had absolutely no clue what to do. Yeah, I was going to ask, is that something that they offer in you know the CEUs or is it just something that, again, most agents have to learn as they go and or, again, having the right mentor to, to guide them? Mm -hmm. So I would say if you know real estate is something you're considering, if, if you can do any shadowing opportunities, so let's say you bought a house maybe, right? That may be a good a good avenue to start with the agent, maybe who helped you buy a house if you're considering real estate. Mm -hmm. um, many people know real estate agents, but if not, you know, maybe searching your city, hashtag Tallahassee Realtor or, you know, hashtag Tallahassee Real Estate, you may find some folks on social media that you like. I'm happy to connect you with people in your area, but I would definitely say start with, start with shadowing because that helps, right? But the second key thing is it is so 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 important to pick the right brokerage um mm -hmm. and sometimes it takes people six brokerages for before they get it three five right and sometimes people get it right on the um on the first try the and by right i mean the best fit for them mm -hmm. um and so knowing that when you pass your real estate exam, right? You're going to get inundated with mail because all that information is public record, at, at least mm -hmm. in the state of Florida. Um, you're going to get inundated with mail, inundated with phone calls, and you should not just go with the place that calls you the most or the first place that called you or the place just because they say we're hundred percent commission, right? And I'm saying that as a brokerage that offers that model, right? Mm -hmm. it, there should be way more than just the commission model um, as a brand new agent that draws you to that brokerage. Now, you know, as you grow in your real estate career, there are some agents who start to transition because they've gotten a good bit of experience and what they need um, from an office. They don't so much need from the, the way they did when they were in their first one to five years, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so just, just keep those things in mind that as you evolve, then it's possible that your needs and things may change for how you run your business and what you need from a brokerage. But certainly one to three to about five, six years or so, you likely need a more supportive, hands-on, um, local, accessible, not 
cloud-based, not where you got to go take your meetings at a coffee shop, bring your customers to a Regis office, like a, an actual brick and mortar right there in your town where you mm -hmm. can reach your broker, you can attend trainings, you can actually um, physically come in and ask a question and say, this is how far I got and this is where I think I'm going, mm -hmm. but this is where I need help, right? Because at right. the end of the day, when you can do that, it allows you to feel more confident um, in growing your business in lead generating because you can actually see what that looks like. You can talk with your broker. How do I know which tactic and method is best for me? So just really consider that. I, I really want to put that out there for agents because I just see so many people. I, I hear all the time. I started here and I don't feel like I was getting this. I couldn't reach this person and I just felt lost. And you're, mm -hmm. you're actually wasting time. You're doing yourself a disservice in your business because that is time that you could have um, spent helping customers. Love it. Love it. So date, do your research. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, and then again, continue to build and establish a relationship. I love 100%. that. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Cool. So thank you so much. This has been amazing as far as, you know, all the information and the gems that you dropped and getting to know more about you. Um, before we wrap this up, um, I do want to ask you a question really quickly. Okay. And I try to ask this on all of the uh, episodes, uh, episodes, all of the guests that I've had, I try to ask this question, but what does um, legacy mean to you? Ooh, I love that because I think in an industry like real estate, where we know that um, most of the millionaires own real estate, and that is one way in which you can build generational wealth for your family and legacy. To me, legacy means that tens of thousands of years from now, right, years and years and years and generations of my family line to come and beyond, that the barriers have been removed. They have access to so many things that it expands their world and opportunity. The work that I've done creates such a long lasting impact that their lives, they're no longer behind the marker, right? Mm -hmm. They are able to create and set the marker and, and push things forward because they have a, they have a head start. They're their assets have been protected. They, there's probably more protection and things set up that they didn't even know was going on and happening. Um, but legacy to me means a long, long lasting impact well beyond my time. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. So where can our listeners actually get in touch with you, follow you and um, possibly learn more from you? Yes. So my main platform is Instagram. I love it. And it is my name, Danielle underscore with my middle name, which is Iman, I-M-A-N. So at Danielle underscore Iman, our company brokerage um, Instagram page is at ROG Next Generation. And then I'm also on Facebook, which is Danielle Andrews. Um, so look for the person there in Tallahassee and uh, send me a friend request and I will happily accept friend or follow request, whatever they're allowing you to do these days. And I'd love to stay connected with you. Send me a DM, my cell phone numbers, their email. It's really easy um, to contact me once you find me on social media. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Danielle. It was such an honor and a pleasure to have you here on the podcast. Um, so again, me. make sure... 
Thank you. Thank you. So she has been super busy, y'all, behind the scenes and winning awards <laughs> that we didn't even get to touch on. So I'm glad that we were able to catch up with her because she's being very modest right now. But I'm glad she was able, we were able to catch up with her. So thank you, thank you again. And please make sure to follow Danielle, see how she's doing, see the lifestyle, and ask her any questions if you are interested in becoming a realtor and getting into real estate. So again, thanks so much, Danielle. And until next time, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy Builder Podcast. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you like, comment, and subscribe from whichever platform you are streaming this from. And please also check out the website at www.legacy.co. That is www.legacy.co.